Hello, friends. My name is Wild Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we share intimate stories about intimate things in an effort to improve sex lives everywhere. And my wonderful guest today is Barry. Hello, Barry. Hello, Wiley. Will you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes. Hello, listeners everywhere. My name is Barry, and I am a female, identifying as a female. And, well, I'm a singer, songwriter, actor, creator. And will you give us a little introduction to you in the sexual sense? Maybe starting with the beginning. What are your early memories? Okay. Well, I started as a very sexual child in that I was so curious. First of all, my, uh, my mom is an artist, so she had these books that were just naked people, like doing poses, you know, non, non-sexual poses. Mm-hmm. And I used to just look at that and think it was some like forbidden nudie world. <laughs> and I would just look at it like obsessively and then only when she wasn't home or something. And then, um, yeah, I was just really curious about sex. And I feel like I knew about it from a really young age, but I'm not sure how I found out. Mm -hmm. Do you remember how you found the book? Did she show it to you? Or was it just like you knew it was around? No, I just knew it was around. You know, she just had it maybe in her bookshelf. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I found it. Okay. And do you remember, did you ever talk about sex with your parents? can't recall. Okay. I know. Hmm. Actually, I don't think so. Oh, really? Well, my parents are on the older side. They're at least usually like two decades ahead of other people's parents. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Like now my dad's in his eighties. So it's super old. But at that time, I mean, like he was like in his like later fifties when he had, or when, well, when I was born. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't recall getting a sit-down sex talk. Mm-hmm. Did they talk about it in passing? or I? Because my upbringing, having medical professional parents, oh. was that like anyone with artist parents must know all the cool sex stuff. Hmm. Well, well, it was an artist mom. My dad was on kind of business side. Okay. But it, I don't know that it was really talked about. Okay. And do you remember anything from school? Like, do you remember and any feelings around sex when you were young? Because you said you were very curious. Yeah. Well, I was really curious because I felt almost like sexual urges from a young age. Me too. And I didn't know how to place them. I, I was pretty ashamed about them. Mm. So you knew enough to be ashamed. Yes. Where do you think you got those messages from? Maybe in the fact that it wasn't talked about. It seemed, I recall watching this movie. Mm-hmm that it was a, a Howard Stern movie called like Private Parts, I think. And I remember seeing it on TV. I don't even remember the story now, uh-huh. but I was really into just what, I, I remember seeing a scene of that and then it was something like naked mm-hmm. and I was just curious. Yeah. But in the fact that it wasn't talked about is kind of how I got the inkling that it wasn't something, you know, normal. Right. Not exactly dinner table conversation. What? Also, okay. When I was maybe eight, my friend and I went on a walk in her neighborhood and she had a single dad who was dating this lady and we came back and they were having sex on the floor. (gasps) Ravenous 
you know. Wait, you saw it? Yeah, we walked into it and it was really intense. It wasn't, it was on the floor. They're all tangled up in each other. And what, what happened? What do you remember? (sighs) We stood there and watched. (laughs) Just (laughs) silently, just watched. There was music playing too. Probably, I think it was some like, did they notice you? (laughs) Smooth (laughs) R&B. Like in the 90s. Um, Did they see you? Did they, did they know you were? a while. After probably 10 minutes. Oh my God. And then he reached over and slammed the door. So I got the message. Oh, this is not something we're sharing. Oh my God. Secretive. What did your friend, do you remember what your friend said about it or did you guys talk about it at all? After that, I remember us having conversations as we were going to sleep because we'd always have sleepovers. Mm -hmm. It would always be like, who would you have sex with? (laughs) Robert. (laughs) Um, We were just, we knew about it then. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and he came out and he said, I was giving her a massage. That's what you saw. Oh, my God. And we knew better. Right. <laughs> wow. Interesting. I was giving her a massage. <laughs> I mean, I guess technically speaking, like, yeah. how do you define a massage? Like some pressure and some, okay. Some yeah. Good I was giving her a massage with my penis. Yeah, with my penis in her vagina. <laughs> so how did things evolve from there? Like, when did you start exploring yourself? You mean... Literally, like both physically. I was leaving it open ended so you could. Uh, when did I start exploring myself? Like either in a masturbation way or when did you start exploring for yourself on your own behalf? I'm interested um, in both answers. Well, I, there was this girl that in brownies, you know, like Girl mm-hmm. Scouts, she told me about how she humped a pillow. <laughs> and so it kind of, I learned about masturbation and I tried it mm-hmm. and it was nice. And I still masturbate in that same way. Like really? with a pillow. How do you, wait, tell me more. Oh, you just kind of like rub against a pillow. Are your like, fingers uh, outside the pillow or yeah. do you only use pillow? No, you use pillow and fingers. Pillows and fingers to kind of bring uh, a little pressure to mm-hmm. a certain place. Is it like the corner of the pillow? I love getting really specific oh, on stuff so I can imagine it. It could be the <laughs> Not a crazy corner. way. In a, in a, <laughs> if I wanted to try it myself. No, but how do you do uh, it? Yeah. Well, it could be a corner. Yeah. And what else could it be? Well, it could be the center. Okay. It's just kind of, I, I always get off by being on top. top. Oh. Like that's kind of where I've always noticed how I can um, come is by being on top. Like I've really? never come by being un- underneath someone. That's it's really. I so even in partnered sex? Uh-huh. That's wild. I love that you said that because I typically, I'm much more likely to come on my back. Whoa. And why is that? I don't know. Like maybe early thing, like early masturbation techniques. I'm not sure. But I also tend to like straighten my legs with like toe pointing. And I oh. love to put them together too. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, so I'm like, like oh. a long, like, a, like, like, like I'm pointing my toes and like sticking my legs out. Um, and that often, not consciously, but that's what ends up happening because I'm like clenching and squeezing everything. I see. I do that. I do that too, actually, right before the point where it's... Of coming. Yeah. But so you're facing stomach down. Yeah. Do you do that the whole time? The I don't clenching know. Of the legs? I have no idea. Maybe. I would have to ask my master. Do, oh, oh, because you think they would He notice? pays attention. He pays more attention to me sexually than anyone else ever. Wow. It's wild. It's wild to have that much attention on me. Has he told you specifics about what you do that you haven't noticed yourself? 
This is a great question. And I'm trying to think of the answers. He points little things out to me. I know he tells me specific things in the moment. And so, for example, this past week when I saw him, I had an orgasm that was new to me, which I would love to tell you about. Huh. I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to hear your stories very much, but I also really want to talk about this orgasm that I had. Totally. You should talk about it. Because <laughs> it was so, like I was laying on my back and on this couch <laughs> with blankets. I always put blankets down. Like I always keep things very nice, but he was manually stimulating me. So he had his hand on me and then I like really, really, how was it? I don't know exactly how he was. I just got shy feeling. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. I'm just calling it out myself. So he was manually stimulating. I was on my back on the couch. He was kind of like leaning over me maybe. I'm not sure exactly how it was happening. And I started to have an orgasm. And you know how sometimes you like peak really sharply and then there's a come down. And then sometimes, sometimes I experience like a wider Wow, orgasm. I've been having different types of orgasms lately. And so this one was like wider, but hadn't quite finished. And so then I was like, I want you in my mouth, which is an impulse that I've never had before. Like I've never been like, I need a dick in my mouth right now. <laughs> but that moment I was like, this is what I need. And so he came over and granted me that and then was like masturbating me furiously. And then I started squirting and coming at the same time, <laughs> which is not normal for me. Like it's not because squirting isn't necessarily an orgasm, but I did it in real life. And so then there was like squirt happened, like just everything. It was wild. And then I like, my whole body was so sensitive that I sort of like crumpled and then started crying because it was so hot. And I was just like oh. sobbing and I was like, that was so hot. And just like for like minutes and I like couldn't even like function. And he was just like, that was cute. <laughs> like, you know, so he just like held me and um, yeah. Whoa. So that was, that was my magical orgasm of last week. So, so stuff you like felt that it in a different way, like yes. the energy was dispersed in a different Yes. If I could make it way. into like a graph chart, yes. And that's why I'm just like, what the fuck is even happening? And like to be with a partner that I'm so comfortable with, that I'm secure with, where he just, where I can notice stuff like that without being in my head. And so it felt like a slow, like a, like a wheelchair style <laughs> ramp. And then I plateaued to this place that was like heightened orgasm land. And then it's like, I went over, like I jumped up and went over a little cliff, but it was like parachuting off in a delicious way. Like that's. Wow. Yeah. So that was my. That's um, fascinating. Yeah. So anyway, I'm just curious always huh. about like body positions and angles. And, Cause I don't know that I would be able to do it on my stomach. Actually. I've had very few orgasms where I'm on top. Interesting. I wonder if that has to do with um, your personal anatomy too. I think probably like I, the different angles make a big difference. That's all I have to say about it. Cause I don't know how to describe angles in that way on a podcast. But I, I loved your story in that I've never thought about orgasms like that, like having different peaks and kind of shaping themselves in yeah. different ways. I never, and I can, I could imagine it visually now. Yeah. Like I could, picture it. It like shapes in my mind and I'm, and I notice it more. Well, I also didn't use to orgasm with partners too. <laughs> oh, like I just didn't. Cause I was nervous and had people that couldn't last as long or, you know, mm -hmm. didn't like I, with male partners, cause women were always like, what should I do now? You know, like more, there was more verbal check-in. So anyway, so that's my sidebar of an orgasm story. So you, to this day, masturbate with a pillow. Yes, Always, that's sometimes go to um. It's 
I guess sometimes I could just use my hand, but it's always super quick. Yeah. If I do it with a pillow. Oh, really? It's quicker with a pillow than with your hand? Yeah. There's an added kind of another object that creates, mm, I'd honest, okay, I don't know what it is. It's just another element that separates my hand from myself. So it kind of creates, like, it's less obvious that it's me doing the stimulation. I love that. Is it, when you do it, Pressure-wise, is it more of like a wide, flat pressure? Is it like a specific spot through the pillow? Oh, or, yeah. it's it's a specific. Yeah, it's pretty specific. Cool, kind of like in the middle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the outside. Yeah, when you're doing it with just hands, like when there is no pillow, like is your clitoris super sensitive to to direct stimulation, or how does it work? If is it sensitive? Um, like if you have a naked clitoris and naked fingers or other body parts, because mm-hmm. for me sometimes I can't get touched directly. You mean, wait, you're talking about masturbation or? Mm-hmm. Either one. You can't get touched directly by yourself? I can if I do it the right way. With partners, I have to, it can be so highly sensitive that I'm just like, ouch. So I'm wondering if you are very sensitive too. Uh, not, not normally. I, but I find that if it's just my fingers, I, I can only go so far. Like it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm not highly sensitive to it, but mm-hmm. it doesn't do that much for me. Mm-hmm. Just fingers. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So then, so you started masturbating by yourself and then was there a progression to partnered sex of any kind? Like what, tell me more about your sexual history. Well, at that, around that time when I was still little, I'm, I still, I'm in, I suppose, the pre-sexual phase is what I'm describing now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, when I was still curious about it, I was like going in chat rooms mm-hmm. and like doing cyber sex. Really? How did you even know what to say? Or type? I, I don't know. Really? I don't know. I think I just used my imagination. That's amazing. <laughs> what kinds of... And I would say I was older because I was yeah. like 11, which seems really strange thinking like an 11-year-old doing cyber sex. Like what? What? It does sound, I mean, that's definitely illegal if we're talking laws and sex for cyber sex. I don't know. But like in terms of just like hmm. people having sex with 11 year olds, like they're not supposed to. Yeah, but I would <laughs> but, say I was older. And I remember being super duper curious and eager about sex when I was like 10. And so I know people get really protective, but I'm I'm also just like, but I wanted to know about it. I wanted to know. And it's yeah. so, so, so what did you, how did you figure out? I don't know. I masturbated a lot and I read a lot of books hmm. and I didn't fully connect all that all of my urges were totally sexual. Like I knew I was curious about sex. I didn't really connect everything. I don't know. It's like, you know, when you know stuff, but you also don't know stuff. Yes. I feel like I had that around sex when I, between like ages 10 and 14 or 15, <laughs> like I, cause then I met oh. someone that explained more stuff about sex to me and read more books and, and stuff like that. How did you find these chat rooms? I suppose in the older days of the internet, it was pretty easy. There used to be just, you go on and there was chat rooms and then there was kids chat rooms, but those were just kind of like boring for me. So mm-hmm. I just, it was really easy to go into chat rooms. But then I even recall there being a TV special about this, like about how kids were doing that. And like people, like kids were being um, like meeting up with people in real life. And then my oh. mom had a talk with me because my friend, I did it with my friend once. Like uh-huh. I had my friend sitting there and they told their parents and then my parents found out and they had a talk with me then, which was so embarrassing. Oh my gosh. 
And I kind of just denied it. Yeah. My mom was like, was like, did someone ask your bra size in a chat room? And That's how she started. Yeah. And I don't know. It was, I just remember it being so embarrassing. But it was also on the family computer. So yeah. I, could, I could have been monitored or something. If you had parents that were tech savvy enough to do oh, that. Oh, yeah. My I mean, didn't know any yeah. better. Mine wouldn't have. I didn't have any. I didn't. I didn't do anything exciting like that, though. Do you have any stories from it? Like, is there anything you remember from those chat rooms that is shareable? Oh, well, okay, yeah. On the same note as the bra size question, I wanted to say, like, my boobs were the biggest they could possibly be. So I was like, amazing. 34 double Z. <laughs> I said <laughs> double Z. And someone someone wrote back, like, uh, are you, really? Are you sure? That's hilarious. I said double Z. What was I thinking? That's so sweet. <laughs> Because you bigger is better. That's the message yeah. we got. <laughs> They're so like, sweet. to the floor. To the floor boobs. <laughs> Someone has those boobs. Someone has them. <laughs> Probably labeled differently. So then, what, what was the next step of your journey, of your sexual journey? Well, in high school was probably the time where it got more, you know, more real as opposed to, like, curious. Uh-huh. <sighs> yes, in high school, I uh, I was kind of a bad girl. What? A rebel girl. Were you really? <laughs> yes. You have the sweetest face and I bet nobody oh, suspected. I know. Well, because now I don't drink. I don't like do drugs. I, I'm really, I think, just a completely different person now. Mm. But then I was in high school, like, I drank a lot, a lot, and did a lot of drugs and was promiscuous. Yes. Go on. <laughs> Details, well, please. How did it all begin? Well, I hung out with a, a group of girls and we were all kind of promiscuous. It's, it's kind of like that movie, 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where, but, you know, p- friends influence each other. So, except I remained a virgin, even though I was promiscuous, like I made out with a lot of people, I performed orally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remained a virgin till I was 17, which was, they would call me the Virgin Berry. (laughs) (laughs) My friends literally had lists. They had lists of all the guys they were effing, like (laughs) long lists. (laughs) It's amazing. So what, uh, what informed that decision for you? I thought that the first time should be special. Mm -hmm. And what did special mean to you then? With someone that I, I just imagined it would be with someone I loved and they loved me. Mm-hmm. And was it? Well, it was not exactly. It was with a guy I was dating, although I liked someone else. Uh-huh. And he, he was kind of like, he was a great guy, but I wasn't that into him. But at that point, I was kind of just, I wanted to just do it. Yeah. I and that. I was drunk. <laughs> okay. And it was New Year's. And he had to go home at like 11. Oh, no. And then I went out with my friends and like partied afterward. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was anti, anti-climactic. Okay. Okay. And what else, what specifically do you remember about it or anything or any of your promiscuous stories? Like, do you have any favorite locations or partners or things or crazy things that happened? Or did you get walked in on or anything like that? Oh, 
I feel like I've definitely been walked in on. <laughs> really? Yeah, by my my ex, one of my exes. I've had a couple of long-term relationships. One of my ex's parents walked in at some point. I mean, it's embarrassing for a little bit, and then it's not that big a deal. <laughs> really? Uh, but as far as promiscuous stories go, um, one time I got eaten out on the beach, <laughs> and this guy had a tongue ring. And uh, But, I mean, that's not that crazy. Could you feel any difference? Like what? Um... Yeah. Also, like, was he young? Because if he's very young, then what's his skill like in the first place? And did you enjoy being eaten out at all in general? I think I honestly don't remember that instance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember thinking, oh, he's so hot because he has a tongue ring. But it's not that it's not that attractive to me now <laughs> or at all. And okay, this is a good segue moment. What do you like when someone goes down on you? First off, I want it to I want to be clean, like I want to feel comfortable. Oh, I definitely need to feel comfortable. Mhm. What does comfortable feel like for you? Comfortable is just clean, literally like I would want to shower or you know, something right before, because otherwise I get a little self-conscious. Because mm -hmm. I, because, you know, I feel like everyone's like put their hands down there and like licked it or, to, or smelled it or something. And I am really sensitive to other people. I, I don't want to, I don't want other people to have a, like this person, this figment person that's yeah. eating me out. I don't want them to have a negative experience. So I want it to taste good for them. You don't want to <laughs> literally leave a bad taste in someone's oh! mouth. <laughs> I can relate to that. I will say. Which I shower any, every day yeah. anyway. So it's probably never going to be too bad. Probably not. And also I am now at the point where I, with my master, we just do so much weird stuff. Like he'll like go down on me and then kiss me or like fuck me. And then I'll go down on him. And uh -huh. I, with all, and then like me going down on other women, I have, I've yet to find a taste that is like so unpalatable to me that I'm like shower now. Oh, so that I just feel like I have relaxed a lot in my own life around that. I used to be really, really shower stringent. Like I would like want to shower immediately before anything. And now I'm a lot more uh, loose. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. If you were listening to this, you are probably like me and you love sex. And you also know that fantastic sex takes more than just a boner. But if that's all that's missing in your connection with your partner, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. You know, that's my favorite. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with the awkwardness that exists because physicians are not often given great guidance about how to talk about sensitive personal things like boner softness, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. With Blue Chew, penis owners everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived. And you know I love a good package. And I have to say, am I allowed to say this? It was very hot when I had a partner who I already had a good, trusting, open relationship. He'd been working on his anxiety, cutting down on screens, meditating, he quit smoking, he started exercising regular, cutting out processed foods, all of that stuff. 
he was just of a certain age, and I'll just say, the night that he told me he was making his package arrive, it was a very super hot extra layer of turn-on for me personally. So if it's for you, this is a super convenient resource. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com, chew it, and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. But isn't it true, I recall you saying this in a previous podcast, isn't it true that your master likes the taste of it unshowered? He likes all of my tastes. Well, that's really But nice. I don't I don't like leave myself to ferment like because like I like to feel good and I oh my god, I had another ferment. revelation. <laughs> ferment. Wow. You know when you've had like a pair of panties on all day, especially if oh, I yeah. if I'm ovulating, there's discharge. Like the, like I can just kind of like mm-hmm. vague like I don't use temperature trackers or anything, but like you can I can tell like a week after my period like there's just like I can see stuff in my underwear. So like on those days, I will want to shower. But also like if he's coming over and I've had a busy day, we might just begin. And uh, I will say what I realized this week is it, it had been like six months since I let him come over during the daytime because I basically from last September to recently, I just have been so busy working every day or with auditions or clients or, you know, trying to get all the things done that I have not allowed him to come over for a day session because I'm like, I can't give you a day of my life. But I let him come over last Friday and I will say being well rested and setting aside time for sex made it some of the best, like, bodily experience I've had in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just saying that out loud here because <laughs> I don't know why I was doing that. Like, there obviously has to be a balance, but being well-rested and having sex was so amazing for me. So before, were you doing it at night? At night. Like, I was, like, letting him come over on Friday. I was like, when I finished my work for the week, then you oh, can come over. And like so I was just <laughs> It was. And it was really, really nice. And I was, in some ways, able to relax. But I was so exhausted by the time we would be doing things that I would just like pass out and he'd like tuck me in and leave which is sweet in a different way but it also was really nice to oh this is this is why I started that because I got to do my getting ready ritual of like taking a bath and slowly but surely like you know shaving my legs and doing all the things that make me feel good for myself Mm -hmm. and I feel like that also helped me get into a headspace that was it's almost like foreplay in a way but it's just like mental foreplay because it's like preparation yeah. And it was just so hot. Like, it's just lovely because I haven't done that in so long. And I was like, oh. So I connected those dots for myself. Wow. And now I'm telling whoever's listening because it made such a big difference to have well-rested sex. Yeah. That makes that makes sense. It makes total sense. Do you think you'll do that more often? Yeah. I want to do it more often. I have to find a balance. I was like, okay, at least twice a month. I don't know if I can spare more than that. But right now, right now. That's when I dream of the, like, luxurious hedonistic. What's your perfect, like, sex? Like, if I was like, okay, a week from now, I'm going to set up a day that's going to be your perfect sex day. Like, what's in it? What does it look like? Where does it take place? What what are just – I'm just asking about some favorite favorites and or fantasies. Yes. I don't know that I've ever thought about that because I, I think that there could be a number of fantasies that maybe I haven't even conceived. But let's see. I I would imagine my fantasy would be two people, me and a woman and a man. Mm-hmm. And we would all start by getting really loose. Like we would all probably, t- we would take a bath together. Yes. 
Oh my gosh. I love that. Uh-huh. <gasps> because I love, I take baths every night. I also love baths. Oh, really? Yeah. I was yeah. taking them every night for a while. And then I was like, I have to cut back because then I would take like two hours. Like I would like oh. read in the tub and I would have a big, nice bathtub and I would just be cozy and I would do a little bit of writing. It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. That sounds like a whole experience. Yeah. Mine aren't that long. That's good because if you take them every night, they shouldn't be that long. Yeah. So you take a bath. So we would take a bath and we'd, we'd massage each other. We'd just loosen up. And I'm really sensual and kind of like a, I, I suppose that maybe this is a Taurus thing. I, I like just, you know, slow and sensual. I can't think of another, another yeah. word that, that really describes it, but kind of easing into things. Yeah. Like touch, touch on yeah. your body. Touch, like we could start with massage and whatnot, just because... I think the the looser and the more comfortable we are, the better. Mm, absolutely. And then letting that lead where it may. Yeah. Yeah. It could lead. I don't know where it would lead. <laughs> Have you ever been in a threesome situation? I not not in a sex way. I've I've been in like three some makeouts. Okay. Couple times. That seems harder to me. <laughs> yeah. I. I or, oh, like how do you? Or no, I mean, I've been in a situation where I was making out with someone and someone else was fingering me. Like, kind of like sexual, but we didn't all have sex or something. Like, that's the extent of it. So not like a full, like a teaser almost. Yes. Yes. Teaser. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Which I enjoyed. And I haven't really thought to, like, organize that or or make that happen. Yeah. Why why do you think that is? I suppose because... My priorities are more have been centered on, you know, creation in in work. Like I'm a really totally productive. I, I I just like to be productive and like I suppose in the last chunk period of time, I've kind of put sex stuff to like to the side. Yeah. Even though I'm I now kind of want to bring, I want to bring it back. I'm literally in the same place. I was like, oh, this feeds my creative oh. stuff. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking that my sexual energy could go into my creations. Same. But maybe they're related. I think there is a balance there. I do. For myself, there is. If I'm too much one and not enough of the other or vice versa, I think it throws things off. But like when I, when I have gotten enough done creatively to feel good about setting time aside for sex, then I have sex and it's like, everything I need it to be, then I feel fired up to go back and work on stuff. And so then it becomes oh. this beautiful exchange of energy. Hmm. And that's one of the things that I love about my master's. We, we do sort of, we're both creative humans and he's a writer and we just bring that into our relationship. There's a fluff flying into my nose. So you've had a pretty active sexual life for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of. The months leading up to our break were, I was exhausted. That's it. I was exhausted for a couple of months because I was redoing my space and just working too hard and not making time for sex and not making enough time in general for myself and my self-care. And I had to do like lately I've been sleeping an insane amount, but actually I think I just need eight to nine hours of sleep a night. Mm -hmm. So I had to reorganize my life to make that possible because I was getting sick all the time. And that's made a big difference for me. And now when I can have both and that requires me to not overload myself with work 
But that's the life balance that I think I should have anyway. So now I feel like I'm back to that and it feels great. Okay. That was a really long answer for your question. So in, yeah, in your dry spell, what, so was that a couple months of having sex like sometimes or was it completely? For two months, in those two months I had one sex. Okay. I had one sex. <laughs> one, I had one, one sex. <laughs> did you notice that you, did you think differently or behave differently or feel differently? I was so stressed. Oh. I was so stressed. And and I was like, whatever, I'm not horny right now anyway. But it was me sort of shutting it off. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, I'm sad, I'm upset, I'm whatever. I'm too busy to deal with that part of me right now, which sex is a big part of my life. I love sex. And I still have fluctuations and I go through phases where in this case, a lot of it was emotional, but I think it really had to do with stress levels and organization of my life. I have a strong suspicion that many people who aren't enjoying their sex lives are probably very stressed. That's my, that's a working theory I have because I think when you can set time aside, because we live in a society where it's like, do all these things all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so for myself, when I create more space, I have glorious, glorious sex. And you think that makes all the rest of your, the parts of your life better? 100%. I literally am fueled as a creative human. I come up with ideas during sex, after sex, when I'm when I'm having regular sex, when I'm feeling in touch with a partner. And it doesn't mean I have to be in love with everybody. Although right now I am in a phase where I'm very open to the idea of other lovers, but um, I've been guarding my time for months and I'm so satisfied with this lover right now that I'm like, Maybe in another month I'll be ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's just bizarre too because I'm like, no, 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 all the people, all the people, all the time. But I'm feeling more monogamous right now than I have mm-hmm. felt. I think it, I think it's just a phase, but I don't know. So what's, I mean, is do you find anything wrong with that? Because no. that's perfectly fine. No, it's perfectly <laughs> fine. I think it's just a phase. It feels right for right now, especially because it matches the amount of time that I actually have available. Mm-hmm. And I strongly suspect that if I suddenly were to have two, three days a week or where I felt like I could spend a few hours towards sex, I think then I would probably branch out and try to, like you were saying, more actively create threesomes and moresomes and play parties and that sort of thing. That's my okay. dream. <laughs> so if you had more time, you would do that potentially. But right now with the amount of time you have, all your needs are being met. I it- think so. I think that's accurate right now. That's just my, that's what's on uh-huh. the top of my head. And so I said it, I think it's right. <laughs> Feels right-ish for now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it seems to always, I, I suppose it always changes. Like there's always different seasons for different doings. Well, what's your experience? Like have you, it sounds like maybe you have been so focused on create creative work that you have been hmm. not prioritizing yeah. coupling or more summing. <laughs> Well, that's actually, yes, that's true. For a while, I was just kind of shelving my sexual, not even masturbating, honestly. Really? Like, well, I mean, I would sometimes, but even though like, I, I feel like innately a very sexual person, yep. for a while, I, until very recently, actually, and then recently, I allowed it in my mind. So th- things changed in that I've had sexual experiences relatively mm. recently but yeah for for a while I was just kind of you know compartmentalizing like putting that side of myself away for a time yeah. and it didn't feel like I was lacking anything 
I, I feel like I didn't even think about it for a while. Okay. Like I didn't think about dating. I, but yeah, but now I'm, now I'm open to it and now I'm ready for it. Even though I'm not looking for it per se, I'm not like yeah. trying actively to date or something. Yeah. I'm open to that's it. more openness. That's great. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really healthy ebb and flow. It sounds like you were listening to yourself. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps I, I, I think I was just working on a lot of stuff internally too. Mm. And so that, that could be a big part of it. Mm. Do you, can you identify anything in particular that maybe inspired the shift? Hmm. The shift to being more open. Mm-hmm. I think I, I don't remember a particular moment, mm-hmm. but then all of a sudden I just started feeling wanting, like the wanting of, um, just something, you know, something romantic. Yeah. Love. Yeah. I mean, I love love. I love romance. Yeah. I love that. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health, but if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out bluechew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Do you like romance only if it's... Can you be romantic with someone without deep love feelings. Like I, for example, can go on a first date and have it be totally romantic and feel connection mm-hmm. and then sleep with the person and enjoy it. And maybe it goes further and maybe it doesn't. What does romance feel like to you in relation to sex? Okay. It feels like we could do that on the first date or we could have romantic happenings and a deep connection and feelings that first date. And Yeah, I, I feel like it, it could come at any point without, it, it doesn't have to be connected to deep love. Mm-hmm. Because romance to me has has to do with just seeing someone and um, treating them, <laughs> treating them. It just, huh, I've never thought about what romance actually even is. Yeah. 
just putting time aside and kind of gifting yourself and the other person this kind of luxurious like bathing yeah. in your feelings. Yeah. And I feel like for me, there's a streak of enjoyment of all of that. Yeah. Like of the enjoyment course. of this time set aside, the enjoyment of the connection to whatever extent with the other person. Mm. And I feel like when two people can drop into that, regardless of how, uh, air quotes, in love they are, you can still feel wonderfully connected and have sex. My my personal feelings. I don't know. That's my experience. Oh, definitely. And then I think it could even turn into that. But I don't know. Or um, not. Or I mean, not. Could. Exactly. Exactly. Either way. Mm. I would love to hear a little bit about... You talked about women. How have you experienced some loverships with women? I have. Yes, I have multiple occasions. I've one thing I've never dated a woman long term, you know? Mm -hmm. But I'm I would. It just right. for some reason I haven't. I think it for me, I think it's easier to get hit on by dudes if you like both. So like yeah. numbers wise, if I'm just saying yes or no, I, I get asked more questions by men. So I think that's uh -huh. my personal reason. Oh, huh. Yes. Well, that makes sense. I mean, yes. So just, okay. You're, you're just talking about the, the number of like suitors that have yeah. come to you and been. Cause dudes are more likely to be like, Hey girl, what's up? Like, hi, 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 oh, hi. Yeah. That's what, what I'm, what that's what, what I'm trying to work on is the actual like going for things. Mm -hmm. Being a chooser. Yeah. Being a chooser. Ooh. Cause that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've, I've always been a receiver, you know, like, Oh, I know. I prefer, I like being a receiver. I like it. You mean, you mean in, in all ways or just no. the dating ways in like someone coming to ask you on a date or something? I think it's me being lazy and scared, honestly, mm -hmm. because I think it is very scary to put yourself out there. And I think, yeah, I'm always, who, as I'm saying this, am I getting too relationshipy in this episode? As I'm saying this, I'm realizing that I have like my own baggage with hitting on someone sexually is what if it goes bad and I hurt their feelings and then da, 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 they're sad. And so I feel this immense amount of responsibility. Wait, why would you hurt their feelings? <laughs> Just because that's what's happened in the past. Because I have a mm. pattern of meeting people who claim to be interested in a casual relationship and then they want to be in a very serious relationship. And I'm like, I can't offer you that. Ah! Mm. And then my head explodes. But I, I do attach strongly to people and I feel very, I have a loyal streak. Like, and, and so I want to make sure that I can like care for people. And so maybe that's another reason why I've been shy sexually lately. But I feel like I'm about to be in a new phase. Maybe not. I don't oh. know. I don't know. I feel that too. It's about to be a new chapter. Yeah. What in do you want your ways. chapter to look like? I want it to be more free and fluid and experience i just want an endless flow of abundance like in in all ways would and you what like that means, multiple lovers oh no no not i mean possibly Maybe. possibly <laughs> Your face. but i i think in regards to what we were talking about earlier about like how i wasn't even thinking about romance i, I guess i just want this next phase to be more open and and more free in my sexuality and and even like we're gonna do an, a nude shoot you know yeah like that that to me is something I used to do that a lot you know really? when I was 
like when I was younger, I, I, I went through this big phase where I, I loved being naked and like doing nude photo shoots and um, stuff like that. But for a while I haven't been thinking about that, but mm -hmm. now I feel like I'm in a new chapter that's more free and fluid and open to things like that, especially in expression. Awesome. And yeah, that's part of it. <laughs> Would you be up for anything like play parties or like ongoing multiple partners or like how, how do you see this new phase possibly oh, unfolding? That's something I want to ask you about because I'm open for a play party, but I don't even, I, I feel like I'm not part of that world yet. Uh, yeah, yet. same, same. <laughs> I am like, like, where are those happening? I don't know. I'll tell you guys. One of my dreams is to eventually start organizing. Like my dream for this podcast is that I can expand to a point where like once a month we rent a space and it's beautiful and we do nude shoots and in the evenings we play if we want or people can be cozy and alone if they want. And like, I guess I do have an idea of some sort of like modern monthly hippie commune. Like what am oh. I talking about? I don't know. So if I, if I host that, that really I'll let great. you know. <laughs> sounds great. Right? I don't know. I'm still learning that. I was told by somebody who's in the poly community that there are actually meetups like on meetup.com. There's different mm -hmm. meetups you can go and it's just like at a bar at some place in LA. And so I would have to get over my shyness and make time to go do that. But mm -hmm. it seems like a, a good way to meet people. And I've been hearing also in the kink community, it's very small that those kind of alternative love communities in each city is only so large and so eventually once you start getting invited places it sounds like you get invited more places and then you meet people and there's crossover I don't yeah. know I'll update you when I when I start figuring it out okay <laughs> yes I'd be interested to go <laughs> if yeah the the thing about that I find is that you know I'm I'm weary just to my only concern is like are are you clean like or do you have not you but like yeah, yeah, yeah. anyone at these parties like if I meet someone and connect with them I want to know that they're like clean. I've only been to one free. play party. And the thing that I like the most about kink communities and the little that I know of the poly community is that, is that the communication is much more explicit than a lot of the one-on-one -on -one kind of like straight dating I've done. Oh. <laughs> and so people bring that up early on. And it's, and if you, the idea is that if you have a partner that's not cool about talking about that, or is somehow offended that you're like, hey, here's my situation. What's yours? Is there anything I need to know about? If they get mad about that, they're not a person you necessarily want to be sleeping with. Mm -hmm. And the one play party I went to had condoms in buckets all around. Uh, so I just love that. And then, yeah, for, for mouth stuff, I do think it's good to ask if you don't. I know a lot of people don't use barriers when it comes to blowjobs and going down on people. Mm -hmm. Blowjobs and going cunnilingus kind of what's is there a casual eating out eating out but that yeah. sounds weird blowjobs and eating out and eating of the pussy eating the eating of like the pussy the with the pee <laughs> it's not my favorite i don't mind it as much anymore um because my because the way that my master says it to me is now feels sweet uh -huh. i like the word cunt i prefer cunt really <laughs> i do <laughs> 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 um anyway so i would say chichi <laughs> I would say just asking, asking about it. <laughs> oh, your little hoo-ha. Licking on your hoo-ha. My girl, my special girl. <laughs> yeah, your special girl. Special spot. Um, anyway, okay, so. So yes. So yes. <laughs> I would just love to hear a few specific physical details. 
Like about what? Mm-hmm. About stuff that brings you pleasure. Physical details. Yeah. Oh. So whether it's yeah, mm-hmm. just the specifics. Like be as specific about what your vagina likes as possible or just body touches in general. It sounds like a lot of sensuality, but I want to hear your words describing what turns you on and gets you off. Oh, isn't that funny? On and off turns you on, gets you off. Why have I never said that back to back? Yeah. Well, I love when someone is kissing my neck. I'm really sensitive on the neck area. So kissing and licking in that Array, mm-hmm. <laughs> arena. Mm-hmm. And uh, hmm. Hmm. That's the that's the main the main one I get thinking. That's the main turn on, the first big turn on. Yeah. And I, I also get turned on by the way someone's communicating with me. Like if I just I just like someone who's um say really kind of sweet and hmm okay what am I saying (laughs) I just okay the thing is I'm just really sensitive in general I'm just really sensitive so I just like a partner who can communicate with me in a way that makes me feel like good and taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. And just sweet. Yeah. You know, not like I, I guess it could depend on the situation. That makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, we never finished talking about what it's like when someone goes down on you. Oh. In terms of when I think about pillow masturbation versus a person's mouth and tongue, Mm-hmm. Those are two really different sensations. So do you enjoy when people go down on you and what do you like? Like what kind of pressure, what kind of tongue swirly shapes? Honestly, I've never had it done, you know, to the extent where it, it feels amazing or something. Yeah. I, it feels good. I've had it, you know, where it feels good, but no one's ever gotten me off like that. And I, I, I feel it could be possible. Of course it's possible, but it just, I haven't had it in my experience. Yeah. It took me, I think I was, it wasn't until like maybe a couple years ago. I'm trying to think. I give my master credit for so much and I'm trying to think if it's true. (laughs) If it's like that was life changing for you. It really was. I mean, he helped me turn myself on. Wait a second. I would like to know, how do you get a master? I mean- Oh my God. I found him on the internet. Like right. in the, I, I got mean, lucky. <laughs> I got really lucky. But is that, a, is that a common thing in the kink world just to have a master? Does everyone have one? Because no. actually that's the first time I've heard that. So there used. are different types of doms. Dom with a capital uh-huh. D for dominant. There are masters. There are daddies. There are some just prefer the term dom. There's... I know there's so many more. So on the website FetLife, which Mm -hmm. is sort of like a kinky Facebook, but very extreme. So I created a profile on there and then deleted it a few days later. But my master was the first person to message me during my search into kink. Because I, in my brain, I was like, I'd like to be tied down and went on the internet to find a person to tie me down. (laughs) And so he just happened to be the first person to message me that wasn't creepy and weird. And... 
and I got so overwhelmed by the attention and the stimulation because I just didn't, I didn't know what it was doing at all. And so I just looked into, like, I think the universe was just like, it's okay. I got your back. Here's uh. one that you'll like, <laughs> because I happened to meet a person who likes science fiction as much as I do. And we have similar philosophies on life and we just mm -hmm. are really compatible in a lot of ways, especially sexually. So there are daddies and masters. Daddies oftentimes have little girls or babies. Like that's what they call their sub, their submissive. And there are different types of structures for everything. So there are different <sighs> levels of involvement in day-to-day -day life. I'm not in a, there are 24 seven relationships where someone is being dominated or is submissive 24 seven. So it'll include what clothes to wear, what food to eat. There may be a daily checklist that I don't, I don't do that. I actually think I would enjoy that, but I think it would be a fuck ton of work for my partner because I am very busy and I'm pretty good at keeping track of myself, but I have not met someone that I think would do a better job than me. <laughs> <laughs> or who would want to? I don't know. I mean, so yeah, so I don't know how people find masters, but I imagine that I imagine that meeting people in the community and being invited to play parties and being invited to stuff like that is probably if I were going to look for a new one or as he and I are looking for people to play with us, that, to join us, we're probably going to try to find them in the real world and not online because there are apps that you can like swipe on for alternative relationships, but I don't. Oh, yeah, I don't think they're for me. I I don't partake in that. <laughs> no, I don't either. I mean, I tried it like a couple times like for a really tiny period. I do know a few kinky people that met on Tinder, but they neither of them had. I'm thinking of two separate people I know who don't have anything explicit about their kink lifestyle, but they just happen to attract partners that oh. were kinky. Well, yeah, that's interesting. I yeah. mean, I've heard that you attract what you are, what you are, like or what you, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I seemed to do that somehow mm -hmm. magically with my master. So I don't know. Um, yeah. It's, it's fascinating to hear about that world, about all the different relationships, because I don't know that much about it. I didn't know that. I didn't know anything when I started. And I luckily met someone who realized that and said, hey, do some research. Here's some stuff I'll tell you. I encourage you to do your own research all of the things. And then I just happened to like really like all the things he wants to do to me. <laughs> oh. um, and I'm excited. And I'm also just like open-minded and excited to explore. There are a couple things that I'm not interested in. Like I don't want anyone to poop in my mouth or, Ooh. you know, and I don't want to, I don't <laughs> want to get blood. I don't want bloodletting for myself, but that's cosmetic and just, yeah, I don't want to have scars or mm -hmm. be bloody or anything. <laughs> so, Wow. Um, yeah. So I don't know. So it's, it's all about learning about it. Do you, is there anything that you're interested in exploring? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm definitely open to all those things. And, well, the ones that you mentioned that you wouldn't do. I mean, I wouldn't do those either. But <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm definitely open to, to explore that. I actually hung out with an, I've actually been hanging out with this, an ex of mine. And now we're just good friends. Mm -hmm. And he mentioned this time he's like, yeah. And then I tied you down and you were like tied up for a couple hours. And I, and I was like, what? what? I don't remember. <laughs> I bet I've done that before. Really? I honestly just forgot. Like my brain just, I think I just easily forget things or I, I don't honestly don't know what it is, but I just forget like, yeah, we've, I've definitely done some geeky stuff, but when he said it, did the memory float back to you? Like, do you remember specifically? Or are you just like, yeah, probably it sounds about yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> the second option <laughs> second that you did. I, I, I said, well, yeah, that does sound like something that would have happened. <laughs> I love that. So. Well, I think that's glorious because it's like you have 
presents to unwrap, even if you've already unwrapped them. Like, that's how I feel when my memory is spotty. I'm like, I don't know. I'm <laughs> discovering it again. Yeah. That's <laughs> new and exciting. Excellent. Okay. I have a couple wrap-up questions for you. Okay. If you could go back in time and give yourself a piece of sexual advice, what age would you pick and what would you say? I would say age 13 because it's it's sort of right before right before I actually got into more sexual stuff and I I would say own yourself in that own your sexual power because for so long I didn't know my sexual power I didn't know I I was kind of easily swayed and had low self-esteem so I did things that because I wanted someone to like me or something Mm -hmm. like I mean sexually yeah but I would never do that now. Like I, I, I don't give fucks. Great. So I would say own your power, n- know yourself in what you, of course, it's always a discovery to learn about yourself. And I'm still learning, Yeah. but you don't have to do something you're not comfortable with. Just allow yourself the, a moment to feel if you are comfortable doing something and just know that you hold a lot of power, hmm. especially sexually. Yes. And you can choose where you put that power. Beautiful. How you use it. I love that. Do you want to ask me any other questions? Was, do you think you were born a really sexual person? Or do you think that was something that developed later in life? I think I was born sexual. I have no scientific basis for this answer, but I remember always being very curious about my body and other bodies. I remember being very, very young and like leaning up against my car seat that buckled between my legs, like like young enough to be in a car seat. I remember that. So I think there is part of me in my human body that has, in a primal way, always really desired sex. And I think I'm also really lucky that I grew up in a pretty stable household where that was only expressed in like healthy ways for me. Like I, I don't know, I was never molested or attacked growing up. And so I think I was able to just kind of let it, uh, I'm imagining like my sexuality as a pot simmering for years and years and years until I finally got to use it. (laughs) Mm. And then it took, I think, so I'm Oh my God. Yeah. I'm 29 now. So it's been a decade. It's been a decade that I've been having sex. And I would say it was, <laughs> you're a professional. I, in the last couple of years is when I finally was like, ah, yes, I know what I'm doing, but it took me a while to really feel into myself. And I think I'm a person that had to figure out what I wanted by exploring, but I knew, I knew I was okay with exploring. I knew I was okay with having mediocre experiences because I was curious about the entire exploration. And so that's why for me, all the years that I was sleeping with people and not having orgasms, I'm, I still had great sex. I still had a nice time. It's not what I'm experiencing now, and I love what I'm having now. I love my new body. It's the same body. Uh, it's the same body. Looks. I'm not talking about I'm, I love my new – maybe it's my brain. I just have fucking calmed down <laughs> in my head, in my body, in my mind, and so I feel like I'm able to receive pleasure more because of it. And then like – experiencing pleasure in giving it to someone else. Do you think there's another level of it that you're not probably yet, that you could explore more? I hear that women hit their sexual peak in their forties. So I'm looking oh. forward to that. I don't know. Yes. I think 
And I think it's a lifelong exploration and I'm trying to not be too attached to what I'm enjoying so much right now. And I'm trying to just kind of like let let things change and unfold as they will, which is why those two months in November and December for me where I wasn't feeling particularly sexual or in my body, sometimes I think I just need a break or have to have a hibernation or whatever. Or sometimes you're just tired or stressed or you have to finish your work. <laughs> I don't know. I am so curious. To, I have no idea what my life would be like if I was just in a utopian paradise where I didn't have to worry about work or money or, you know, any of those things. Like, would I be a super sexual being? I like to think yes, hmm. <laughs> but I don't know. Hmm. Is there anything else you'd like to share? I just want to say I'm glad you're doing this. I'm really glad you're having these sexual conversations and allowing a space for this kind of dialogue to happen because it's it's something I'm really curious about and I've listened to every episode. Yay! <laughs> yeah, it, because... There's nothing like it. And I want to know people's experiences. Me too. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's not something you just talk about all the time, yeah. which I, I wouldn't mind talking about it in any scenario, you know, like wherever I meet people. Yes. Anyway, I just- I love that. I'm glad that you're doing this. Thank you. Thank you for being a guest. Thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I usher in amazing sex for us all. Yes, and amazing conversations about oh, sex. Oh, yes, of course. I will say, too, even just clients knowing that I have a sex podcast who haven't listened. I had one yesterday that he was just like, well, oh, well, you have a sex podcast. So, yeah, I tied I tied up my tube, so no more kids, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and just that's something that people wouldn't share because it's private. And it is private. No one has to share it with me. But I like I like people knowing that they can if they're comfortable with it because I'm so curious to hear. And I feel like there is something about that permission in the world that we don't know how to ask for or give because it's just not a part of our cultural dialogue at this point. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But it will be. I think it will be. I hope it will be because then I think people will have better sex. <laughs> they will. I think they will. They will. And probably better everything. You I know. So. I do think so. Because if you're open about things, you'll learn about them and you'll just have a greater experience of them in general. Yeah. And I think it's just as powerful to say, yes, I'm interested in sex. Here's what I like. As it is to say, I'm interested in sex, but not right now because I'm in a phase where I'm working and that's what I'm focused on. Or like, here are my priorities. I think both are equally valid and healthy. And I don't think we have conversation tools to make them happen. So they're happening. It's happening. Yes. Yes. Well, we friends, can have these talks. Yes. We can have these talks. Do you want to say your Instagram? It's at Barry Rose. It's B-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-S-E. Beautiful. 